Welcome back in. <laughs> it's a, didn't realize the clear in my throat was going to make it on the end. Uh, real quick before it, uh, we get into our next segment, the first takedown podcast this week features Rossville girls wrestling coach Tex Price, f- fresh off their state duels championship, Mo. And uh, I'm sure that you talk a little bit about region tournaments. Oh, uh, we mentioned it. So, but, but yeah, we pretty well focused on that accomplishment and the significance of it and them getting ready for their girls wrestling regional tonight actually up at west creek so go find first takedown takedown one word takedown one word first takedown on your platform of choice for podcasts if you care at all about high school wrestling in tennessee you're definitely gonna want to listen we've had some pretty good ones they have in fact been pretty good so anyway let's talk a little sec basketball we've We've got a lot going on this weekend, but specifically, Vandy, Tennessee. Men on Saturday, women on Sunday. But this men's game, Vanderbilt seems to – talk about surging teams. Vanderbilt seems to be pretty impressive right now. You never know what you're going to get, especially in this particular game. So watch out if you are the 19th-ranked Vols. Joining us to talk about it is CBSSports.com's David Cobb. David, welcome in. Thanks for taking some time with us. Yeah, for sure. How are you guys doing? Doing well, David. Appreciate you um, checking in with us here. Um, Obviously, you've got a little background having covered UT prior to joining CBS Sports, and I imagine you still keep a little bit of an eye on them. But um, this Vanderbilt team, as Chris was saying, coming off of a win – Tuesday night against um, Monday against Missouri. When was that? Was that Tuesday? I think that it was, was Tuesday, Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night against Missouri. Um, obviously, they had the big win over the weekend as they were retiring Shane Foster's um, jersey number and done some pretty good stuff here over the last little bit. Um, and in a conference where the only guarantee – well, nothing's guaranteed. I mean, we saw Auburn lose earlier this week at Fayetteville in overtime. I mean, it, it's just kind of been a – feels like it's been a crazy conference season in the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any win you can get in the SEC this year is a good one. I mean, I would really say that, that, that Georgia, um, despite the fact that they almost upset Auburn, and the fact that they did upset Alabama, that's the one you really can't uh, find a way to excuse losing that one. Um, it's, that's why Alabama just is so uh, inexplicably inconsistent, the fact that they were able to find a way to lose to Georgia. Uh, but, man, anybody else in the league can, can beat you on a given day, especially if they have home court advantage. And so, you know, for me, looking at this Tennessee-Vandy game, um, when they played the first time in Nashville – that was a fight all all the way uh, until the end, and you know now that in the rematch, Tennessee's going to have home court. So these last two Vanderbilt games have looked really good, probably some of their best basketball of the year. But they were both at home. So now the question is, you know, this is the, the time of the year uh, when if you're going to take a step forward as a program, you need to go and, and get something done on the road. Man, do they have a couple of good chances because. After uh, after the uh, Tennessee um, Vanderbilt goes to Auburn uh, next week, so 
so there you go. I mean, two opportunities right there, you know, for Jerry Stackhouse in this in this group to get a marquee victory. Yeah, and looking ahead, even after that, you know, you've got A and M at home and Alabama at home, and like you said, home court advantage meaning a lot this year in the Southeastern Conference play, especially against Alabama where they struggle on the road. Uh, Texas A M, not you know, not some world beaters, and then you go to Mississippi State, which is a tough place to play, but a winnable game, and then Florida back at home. You, you're looking at a really good opportunity for Stackhouse and this, these Commodores to really make a run into the uh, SEC tournament. And, you know, right now sitting at 11th in the, in the conference, this well, is – Tied this is, for seventh. This, well, technically, yes. Uh, this is not a team that you want to see if – you know, even if you're Tennessee right now at home, this is a really good Vanderbilt team. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, if at all possible, you want to be in one of those eight – top eight seeds come the SEC tournament, make your path through that uh, a little bit more manageable. Uh, so the, the, the side of it from the Tennessee side that, uh, that maybe even worries me a little bit about this matchup is the fact that Tennessee has uh, Kentucky coming up after Vanderbilt. And it's kind of the reverse of when the, the, the first time these two teams met because when they played in Nashville, Tennessee was coming off that bad loss at UK, where UK just smoked them. You know, that was Kentucky's best game of the year. And I think the moment when a lot of people started to look at Kentucky as a national title contender, because uh, they scored, you know, 107 on that Tennessee defense, which at the time was ranked, you know, among the top three or four in the country. And uh, that was, you know, uh, really a, a turning point in Tennessee's season because they came out against Vanderbilt. And, yeah, it was a really close game, and they had to scrap and claw for that win over Vandy. Um, but there was an edge about them in that game that you could you could pick up on that you could see where they were motivated not to let that Kentucky loss derail them. But now they're kind of in the in the inverse spot. Now they're they've got Kentucky as their next game, and I'm sure they're they're anxious to prove that who they were in that first game is against Kentucky is not who they truly are. And you know if they're not careful, this Vanderbilt game could be a, a serious. A trap game, um, especially as they're still kind of adjusting to life without Olivier Nkamwa, who's been one of their, you know, key players throughout the year, who was starting to really come on strong uh, before suffering an injury that is, you know, apparently going to keep him out for the rest of the season. Mo, the last time somebody said trap game on these airwaves, it played out. <laughs> so you better watch out if <laughs> you're the balls. Yeah, no doubt. Um, David Cobb with CBS Sports here with us on Main Street Sports today. David, um, you mentioned Kamwa being out, but it, it if the last game for Tennessee was any indication, they really seemed to kind of um, circle the wagons in his absence pretty well. Got some, continuing to get some pretty good play out of um, Plasic, among others. Yeah, yeah, he, um, he's come on strong. He's been uh, a force to them. He's brought some of that grit and some of that toughness. And, you know, I mean, I think all Tennessee fans love and, and appreciate uh, John Fulkerson, you know, who's now in his sixth season there. But I think most folks also realize his limitations as well. I mean, he's, he's got that, that left-handed high release. And, uh, you know, he makes some hustle plays for you. But he's a pretty limited offensive player. And, and he's also not the most physical defender either. So when you go up against a team like Mississippi State that has two really good bigs in its starting lineup, 
uh, you need uh, some of that that bruiser mentality, and uh, that's certainly something that Plasic brings. He's, he's uh, not the most uh, uh, finesse player on the planet by any stretch uh, offensively, but man, he um, he he can he can lay a, lay a hurt on you. So. Uh, that's been good, I think, just for them to have that element of toughness in their lineup. And it'll be even more important now with, with Tom Wahow. And the other player who I think is huge that's been stepping up who will help with, with his absence is Josiah Jordan-James. Because in some lineups, they play him as a, uh, a small ball power forward. And, you know, he's starting to hit outside shots at a much higher rate than he was earlier this season. And, you know, he's also kind of their veteran leader as well. I mean, as much as, as you know, Fulgerson is the most tenured guy on the roster, I think if you, if you watch on the floor, the players really respond to Josiah Jordan, uh, Jordan James. When there's a stoppage in the action, he's the one that's getting them all huddled up and uh, making sure everybody's got their assignments down. And so, so for him to actually start being productive offensively, um, Right at this moment, when they're down a key player in Kamal, I think that's huge for Tennessee to have Josiah Jordan James playing at that level. Yeah, especially considering he he played four minutes against Vanderbilt here in Nashville and got a board and picked up a foul. Those were the two that that wow. those were his statistics against Vanderbilt. So having him, and I'm not sure if if there was an injury or something or what the reason was he didn't play. I, I just don't remember. But having him as a a guy that you can lean on throughout the entire game on Saturday is going to be a huge, huge addition to this team. And I think, you know, obviously with his addition, the the way that Zakai Ziegler has come on as of late and playing the point position, this is this is a Tennessee team that we don't want to overlook. Is also surging three wins. Uh, they're on a three-game win streak, but they, they are looking really good uh, over the last – two weeks or so since that loss at LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it'll be a battle. It'll be a battle Saturday. You don't, I mean, you don't win a Tennessee Vanderbilt game typically uh, without, you know, a little blood being shed. I don't care what the sport is. Uh, that's just the, the nature of the series. So, uh, I, I mean, Tennessee's going to be close to a double-digit favorite, but I, I don't know that I – I don't know that I, that I expect Vandy to come in there and, and, and give them anything less than, than an all-out fight. You know, as you look over the rest of this SEC schedule for Saturday, David, um, 12 o'clock Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, Arkansas is at Alabama, and I don't think any of us would have thought at the beginning of the season that both these teams would be coming into this matchup unranked. Yeah, how about that? That is kind of bizarre uh arkansas i think will will uh, get that fixed on monday for sure after their win over auburn but for now you're right unranked um playing very well now though nine wins in a row this is a huge game for alabama uh arkansas has got its you know ncaa tournament uh resume pretty well secured now after beating auburn and you know they're on the right path but i don't know that Alabama is on the right path yet. I mean, I think they're going to make the dance. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, you, they've got so many good wins um, to negate some of the head-scratching losses, but they can't get any traction in mm-hmm. SEC play. And this is a team that a lot of people had pegged to win the league, and they're just going to be scrapping and clawing to finish 500 at, at this rate in conference play. And so, I mean, the biggest issue for, for them is beyond just, 
okay, are they hitting threes tonight? Um, which is more often than not, the answer to that has been no. It's, all right, who's going to be that, you know, defensive anchor for them in the way that uh, Herb Jones was last year? And just that kind of glue guy in the, in the soul of their team. And I don't know that they have an answer to that yet. And so uh, I kind of like Arkansas here, just riding the, the momentum of a, of a monumental victory over Auburn. Um, I, Alabama is just too inconsistent to trust against a, a quality opponent. I don't disagree with that at all. I, I, Arkansas is a very, very good basketball team, and, and they have been really good lately. I think that's that's kind of like you said. They they I mean they're not ten and five and yet not ranked. It just doesn't seem to make much sense. But this is a team. I mean they haven't lost since they lost to A and M. What a, a long time ago. <laughs> I mean they've won like nine or ten yeah. in a row. Mm-hmm. So this is a team that, it's that is crazy when they lost that game. I mean it looked like they were done. I mean they were zero and three in the league. But this is what Eric Musselman does. It's what he did last year when they made that Elite Eight run. They were not all that great, you know, in early to mid-January. And then they turned it on and made a run. And here, here we are again. He's, he's got some magic up his sleeve in that way where he gets these transfers in there. And it's not overnight, but, like, you know, come February, uh, look out because um, he's got his team, you know, playing really, really well. Not easy to play at Coleman Coliseum, though. So. No, it's not. Um, David, before we let you go, want to want to hit you with this. I know, I, I believe you are in Memphis. I know you've been in Memphis at one time, fairly close to the old Miss program. What wither Kermit Davis? Well, uh, I, I really don't know what to make of Ole Miss's season. Um, there have been moments where you can see the the promise and the and the potential of that of that program. And the recruiting has actually been pretty decent under Kermit Davis, which I think was probably one of the bigger concerns for somebody who had been at MTSU for so long was, okay, can, you know, can Kermit Davis recruit at the level you need to recruit in the SEC? The answer to that has actually been yes. I mean, Deshaun Ruffin is a, is a really high quality prospect and, and missing him with him being out hurt now, I think kind of muddies the waters a little bit. It makes it more difficult to get a true read. On Ole Miss, uh, so fact is they've underperformed to this point in his tenure, but that's a program that doesn't invest a ton in basketball. They've got that new arena, but it's honestly probably sport number three there behind football and baseball, and it's the type of place where I think they're going to be more patient with him than they would be if he were uh, you know, the football coach putting up similar type of results now in, you know, year four of his tenure. I think he'll get another year, but I think next year it'll be time for him to show them something. And they made the NCAA tournament in his first season, and that helps because that's a lot of times how you're judged um, is at schools that don't really emphasize basketball as a top priority. It's, all right, can you get us to the NCAA tournament every third year? or something like that. And if he can get them back there next year, then they'll still kind of be on that trajectory. Uh, But for now, I think you can kind of lean on the excuse of uh, Deshaun Ruffin getting hurt and not really having him available for the whole season and maybe that skewing uh, skewing their season a little bit and and maybe not giving us a full glimpse of of what they could accomplish. There you go. I I think you're exactly right. I'm – 
Ole Miss is Ole Miss. Here's the thing. The one thing they don't have a false sense of self-worth in, Mo, is probably hoops. Maybe so, so. Maybe so. <laughs> perhaps Kermit uh, gets to continue. I'm not sure. But uh, thank you, David Cobb of CBSSports.com, joining us. We appreciate your time and uh, look forward to talking to you again down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. No problem. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. It's the final segment of the week, and the Super Bowl is Sunday. So perhaps we should, you know, talk about it. Maybe a little. So, it's now or never. It's huh? now or never. Well, <laughs> until we react on Monday. So let's get into it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Stick around. Main Street Sports Day returns to the Lee Company studio after this. This. 